Friends, we're continuing in the book of Acts, and today our reading is from the 17th chapter, verses 16 through 31. While Paul was waiting for them in Athens, he was deeply distressed to see that the city was full of idols. So he argued in the synagogue with the Jews and the devout persons, and also in the marketplace every day with those who happened to be there. Also, some Epicurean and Stoic philosophers debated with him. Some said, what does this babbler want to say? Others said, he seems to be a proclaimer of foreign divinities. This was because he was telling the good news about Jesus and the resurrection. So they took him and brought him to the Areopagus and asked him, may we know what this new teaching is that you are presenting? It sounds rather strange to us, and we would like to know what it means. Now all the Athenians and the foreigners living there would spend their time in nothing but telling or hearing of something new. Then Paul stood in front of the Areopagus and said, Athenians, I see how extremely religious you are in every way. For as I went through the city and looked carefully at the objects of your worship, I found among them an altar with the inscription to an unknown God. What therefore you worship as unknown, this I proclaim to you. The God who made the world and everything in it, he who is Lord of heaven and earth, does not live in shrines made by human hands, nor is he served by human hands as though he needed anything, since he himself gives to all mortals life and breath and all things. From one ancestor, he made all nations to inhabit the whole earth, and he allotted the times of their existence and the boundaries of the places where they would live so that they would search for God and perhaps grope for God and find him, though indeed he is not far from each one of us. For in him... We live and move and have our being. As even some of your own poets said, for we too are his offspring. Since we are God's offspring, we ought not to think that the deity is like gold or silver or stone, an image formed by the art and imagination of mortals. While God has overlooked the times of human ignorance, Now he commands all people everywhere to repent because he has fixed a day on which he will have the world judged in righteousness by a man whom he has appointed. And of this he has given assurance to all by raising him from the dead. Friends, this is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. Would you pray with me? Oh, gracious God, we did not come this day to hear a human word or a human opinion. We came this day to hear you. So send your Holy Spirit, we pray, 
that your spirit may take any words that are spoken and make them of you, that the Holy Spirit may quiet our minds and still our hearts so that we might hear your words of love and life. Amen. As many of you know, like almost six million children in our country today, I grew up with a parent who was an alcoholic. And from the time that I decided to have my own children, I thought a lot about how I was going to tell them about this. It was hard to talk about for a few reasons. One is that it's a pretty terrible story. Two is that I tend to be pretty blunt and say too much. And three is that I'm a bad liar. So I spent a lot of time in my head as they were little thinking about how I would say what I needed to say when the time came. And when the time came, it happened as most things do while we were in the car. And Ryan was five and Hannon was seven. And I don't remember how it came up. Hannon had asked me a question and I remember thinking, okay, this is it. Lord, help me do this the right way. And I said something like, you know, my mom had a terrible illness and it prevented her from caring for us. And my kids are curious and that led to a lot of other questions. And then finally, everything was quiet in the back seat. And then my sweet oldest daughter said, so what you're telling me, mom, is that your mom loved alcohol more than she loved you. And I felt like every bit of breath left my body. I was very loved, and I know that. But at the same time, the way only a child can, she nailed it, right? She nailed it. My mom's addiction prevented her from loving her children. And it was the greatest tragedy of her life, she would tell you. And I was thinking about that story this week because we are reading about idols. And it occurred to me that what addiction is, what alcohol was for my mom, is it was really an idol. It was the thing that she thought would fill that hole in her soul. It was the thing that she thought would make her okay that helped her to live day to day. It was her idol and she worshiped it. And because of that, she couldn't love us as a mother should. And I will tell you that I was angry for a very long time. The apostle Paul, I expect to see some anger out of him too. He comes into the city of Athens And Athens at that time, much like the Athens that is in Georgia, was the seat of the greatest university ever. (laughs) It was a place where people came to learn and to debate. We had Stoics and Epicureans. It was the most intellectual place in all of the Roman Empire. And Paul walks into the city and he's looking around and there are idols everywhere. Idols people have made of the things that they worship. Now let's think a little bit about Paul's character. Paul at the beginning of Acts is described as breathing threats and murder against the new Christian community. He was raised as a faithful Jew. 
And growing up as a faithful Jew, he lived by the Shema, which is where the Lord God says in the Old Testament, Hear, O Israel, Israel, the Lord your God is one. There was only one God. Part of the reason why he detested Christians so much is because they said, Jesus is also God. Now, Paul has had his conversion experience, but that doesn't mean that his entire personality has changed. And so when he comes into Athens and he sees these idols, I imagine there is this rage that is building in him. This rage that people would turn to so many other gods. What's interesting, however, is that the book of Acts is the story of the Holy Spirit. And so when Paul finally starts to speak to the Athenians, he does it with a love and care that can only be borne by the Spirit of God. Does he rage at them for their foolishness? No. He meets them where they are. He goes to the marketplace and he shares the gospel with them. And there are people who are curious. It says that this is a community that loves to debate new ideas. And they ask Paul to tell them more. And what Paul tells them is the old, old truth of God's love. And that love fulfilled in Jesus Christ. Paul doesn't rage at them or denigrate them. He says... Oh, Athenians, I see how religious you are. I see it. I see that you are a people who want to worship God. And not only that, but I see how much you have this desire. And then he tells them it was God who put that desire within you. God created every human being with this desire to worship and seek God out. Paul does not denigrate them for their idol worship. He sees them and he loves them and he draws them in and tells them the old, old story. All those gods you are worshiping, we have the same ancestor But you can put all of those gods down because in Jesus Christ, we see all that we need. No longer do you need a pantheon. You have the person of Jesus Christ and you don't even know it, but you are in Christ right now. In him, we live and move and have our being. Paul says, I know that you look for something to give you purpose and meaning that you look for something that can fill up your soul and that can help you to love the world better. It's not a new idea. It is the person of Jesus Christ. Now, if you thought the idols were left in ancient Athens, they were not. We all have idols in our lives, and the thing itself isn't necessarily bad. Alcohol in and of itself is not bad, but when we become reliant upon it to give us meaning and solace, that's when it becomes an idol. That sweet little seven-year-old grew up to be the teenager who says to me, you work too much, you're just a workaholic. 
And she reminds me that I love my job so much, but it will never be done. And when I find myself working too much, hoping to achieve or prove my worth, yes, it has become an idol. Friends, we all have that hole inside of us that God longs to fill. And we have short attention spans. So while we may rely on Christ and claim him as our own, we often get distracted and we have to be called back to the way. And that is what Paul is doing for the Athenians and what the church does for us each. Where are the places where you are relying on anything other than God? You don't need it because in God you are reminded that you are God's beloved creation. Sinful, not perfect, but beloved. That's where your worth comes from. When we begin there, then we can love the way we are supposed to. One last thing that I have learned this week in reading this passage is that all those people in my life who I consider to be alcoholics or addicts or workaholics, it's very easy to become frustrated and angry. But I'm going to hope for a heart like Paul and the Holy Spirit to lead me and to realize that they're just my brother and sister seeking for God in terrible places that will destroy them, but yearning. And maybe they need to hear the story too. The words of life that long ago God created the heaven and the earth and all that is in it, and he called it good. And when we human beings rebelled and we turned from God, God loved us still and sent Jesus Christ in order that we might be made whole again. And that the Holy Spirit is with us, forming us to be God's beloved community. Thanks be to God for that. And amen.